Hi there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Hi there. Welcome to 2024. Can you believe it? It's here. We made it. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for being along for the ride here with the Estranged Heart community. As you know, uh, we took some time off in December and, um, yeah, needed, needed some time to reflect and regroup. And while it was not a restorative time for me, it did provide space for me to navigate um, many other things going on in my life. And for that, I appreciate your patience and understanding. The interviews with the estranged adult children that were presented in the month of December were received well. The feedback has been great, and I thank each guest for their vulnerability and their willingness to step onto such a public platform to, to share a bit of their estrangement story. So thank you to each of you who were so brave in doing so. If you would like to share your estrangement or reconciliation story, on the podcast, feel free to email me at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. As a reminder, the Zoom support groups will be starting a new cohort beginning next week, the week of January the 8th. And if you're interested in that, please email me. These are Zoom support groups, one for estranged moms and one for recently reconciled moms. And um, right now, these groups will be during the day time hours or afternoon hours, depending on your location. And if you're interested, there's been some discussion and requests to have an evening support group for estranged moms. If that is of interest to you, please email me. If there's enough interest, I'm happy to look at starting a, an evening group. So. Again, the email is theestrangedheart at gmail.com. 2023 found me with numerous changes in my life, and 2024 is starting off the exact same way. <laughs> um, and so by default, that means that there will be changes forthcoming for the Estranged Heart podcast. Um, the first of these changes is... A personal change for me, which just by default will change some of um, maybe the frequency for a bit of time of the podcast, etc. Um, and that is because I will be relocating from Washington to Florida in the late winter or early spring. And that move will find me, because I have a very large dog who will not fit on an airplane, <laughs> will find me driving across the country. And I thought, what a great time it would be to potentially connect with listeners of the podcast. Um, I would love to, to meet up with you and hear how the podcast has helped you or, or you know, your, your feelings of 
how it's supported you, connected you with other folks, etc. So if you're interested in that, please email me and I'm happy to see if I can plug in, you know, some pit stops along the way uh, on our trek from one coast to the other. And again, the email address is theestrangedheart at gmail.com. So on to our quotes and then into our episode. The first quote is, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And that is by Socrates. And the second is, our dilemma is that we hate change and love it at the same time. What we really want is for things to remain the same, but get better. And that is by Sydney Harris. On to today's episode. Today's episode is titled, Why Can't Things Remain the Same? Navigating Change in Parent and Adult Child Estrangement. As I reflect on 2023, I am reminded of the many, many changes that occurred in my life, both both personally and professionally. And by default, that means this podcast changed. And I know that change is something that most of us resist at all cost. Um, We put it off, we postpone it, we try to prolong things, we try to make things better, we try to do all sorts of acrobatics, mentally and emotionally, and sometimes physically, to stop change from happening. And I don't know about you, but this life that we live, I mean, the human condition, everything about this world changes. We can't help it. None of us are remain the age of five. Most of us continue to, you know, grow and evolve and we leave our parents home and we start families of our own and we move from one job to the next and our friendships, friendships change, um, our likes you know, as a kid, we couldn't stand meatloaf. And as an adult, we want nothing more than to have mom's meatloaf and mashed mashed potatoes for dinner when we're craving home, right? So if change is life, if life is change, why do we resist it so much? So As I look back at 2023, specifically January of 2023, there was no way to predict the changes that occurred for me last year. And that brings me to January of 2024. There's no way to predict the changes that will be forthcoming in this next year for me. While I have an idea of some changes, 
there's, it's impossible for me to know of all of them. And I mean, this year is already starting off with a big, big change for me, right? Um, I'm relocating from the Pacific Northwest to the southeast corner of the, the country here in the U.S. So life will not look the same for me. Yet there will be some steady things that will remain, although those will probably shift and change on some level of varying degrees, right? And if I look at January of 2025, I'm likely to be sitting here saying something very similar. I had no idea of the changes that would have occurred for me in 2024. So if we take this back to the piece of of the work that I do with my clients and on this podcast is if we get back to curiosity, if we go back to curiosity again, what can one do when faced with change? Why do we resist it? Can there be benefits to change? How can we navigate change in beneficial ways, in supportive ways, in helpful ways, in loving ways? And can change lead to beautiful new beginnings? Or do, in your world, do changes equal gloom and doom? And I think it's interesting, I know from my own personal experience, um, my take on change has changed (laughs) drastically as I have aged and matured and experienced more of life. And after I have done a lot of healing, inner work, change is no longer a, an event or a series of events that leave me frozen, right? So I wanted to explore this thing of change and, you know, I hear parents say, but I, I didn't want this change. I want things to go back to the way that they were. And if any of you have listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm always saying, no, no, no. We don't want things to go back to the way that they were. We need them to change. Because the way that they were was not working. The way that things were is that they were unhealthy. And how do I know that? Because it landed us in estrangement. Healthy relationships, people in healthy relationships do not estrange. They just don't. In healthy relationships, 
there is a closeness, a willingness to work through uh, struggle and conflict. There is a recognition and understanding and acceptance of people where they're at in the moment and that we can't change anyone but ourselves. So when relationships are unhealthy, the best thing that can happen for them is change, right? So why are humans just inherently resistant to change? This is, <laughs> this is something that I have asked myself a million times. I think I have some idea, although I am open to changing my mind about it yet again, right? Um, but I think that there is a fear of the unknown. And we, we human beings like consistency, normalcy, you know, the status quo, everything. I know what to expect, et cetera, et cetera. And then when something comes along and jerks the rug out from under us, there is this unknown about the future. Um, we, you know, humans have on, on some level evolved to seek safety and predictability um, and changes introduce an element of uncertainty. And that triggers us and um, sets us off into like a, a threat response and, and, you know, the fear of the unknown, wondering what, what does this mean? Where is it going to go? Are we going to be able to reconnect? Are there more conflicts coming, et cetera, et cetera. It completely and totally dysregulates the, the nervous system. Um, there's comfort in familiar, familiarity, right? Um, in being familiar, we're secure, comfortable in that. Um, we like our routines and our habits. And, um, you know, when it comes to relationships, there's the resistance to change those relationships because that from being the familiar pieces of that relationship bring us the security and comfort. And so when our kids come along and um, the relationship is thrown into estrangement, there goes the security, there goes the comfort, there goes um, this sense of um, being tethered to the world. And that is unsettling. And what I find interesting in all of this, in this comfort, in what is familiar, is we will resist that change even if the quote-unquote, even if the familiar is not comfortable and is actually painful for us. So many human beings would rather sit in the pain and the continued, mm, the continued unhealthy, catastrophic events that happen in relationships than to embrace change. And I find that just so 
so interesting. Um, change, you know, to embrace it requires us on some level to shift our beliefs and attitudes. Um, and that's just, that's not comfortable, <laughs> just plain and simple. It's not comfortable for most people. Most people are so stuck. And I do mean stuck in their belief and attitudes and perceptions that they cannot entertain anything else. Right. Um, and there's usually when there's this resistance to change and resistance to shifting beliefs and perceptions and attitudes, that resistance is hard. So when we're in conversation with people, they're very, they tend to be very black and white. They tend to not um, be, have a willingness to see the and, or it's the, um, and both it's, it's the either or instead of the and both. Right. And, um, so that's kind of how you can know when someone is resisting in a state of resistance is there's just this unwillingness to move at all that they're right, you're wrong. And there is no room for discussion. And um, we are hardwired to avoid loss. And more than we want to seek any sort of gain or things like that. And so if we change, then there is by default some sort of loss. My change in relocating from Washington State to Florida is I will be experiencing a loss for the love of the state that I absolutely love living in. I will no longer be able to see the mountains and the water and the tall evergreens and the, the um, mild temperatures. I won't be experiencing that. And so that's a loss in my life. And trust me, I am in the grieving process already over that loss. So what are some of the um, psychological factors that contribute to our resistance to change in our relationships? Um, some of these, uh, I'll just go down the list, uh, deep-seated hurt and betrayal, a fear that, and that means like a fear of reopening emotional wounds um, that came about. And oftentimes if there's, one of the things I think it's very interesting to look at as a, in the work that I do with my clients is if you're resisting this change, where in your past have you also resisted change? Because this particular change that you're experiencing, i.e. estrangement, it's likely that you're having a reaction to the estrangement itself based on a prior experience of change as well. So it's interesting to kind of look back on that. And, and again, so that 
comes with the opening of emotional wounds from the past. Um, defense me mechanisms, right? Um, estrangement can lead to all sorts of defense mechanisms as we see uh, being played out today on social media. It is prevalent like nobody's business. Um, and it is a, in my opinion, very scary place to be um, out there on in social media and the daggers that are being thrown back and forth. And those are all defense mechanisms. If we get beneath the surface of those defenses, there's hurt and pain. And that's what, that's what they're for is to cope with emotional pain. Um, there's identity and ego protection. Um, our established identity may change with estrangement. And so there's a deep desire to protect our ego. Um, and, you know, that's something as simple as I know for me, when I was estranged from my daughters, it was, you know, what kind of a mother, what kind of a person am I if my kids don't love me and don't want uh, to have anything to do with me? And that was a reflection of oh, if, how, were, how will people view me as a human being? And then I lose my identity of this loving and caring mom who was supportive and always there for her kids, et cetera, et cetera. And so this challenged my identity at that point. Um, and there is, you know, again, the fear of, of rejection and not being accepted and understood, et cetera. Um, and the resistance to that hinders the efforts to, of, for re, um, reconciliation, reconnection. So if we unpack some of the fears around change, um, it can evoke all sorts of fears and deep-seated fears. And when I say deep-seated fears, I mean fears from wounds of the past that we don't even know we're carrying around, right? Um, I've had a couple of sessions with clients last week that where this came up, where it was, oh, we're dealing with this thing right here in the present moment, but it's actually something from the past that was never resolved, never healed. And by default, that is now affecting how we are reacting to the present, the issue in the present moment. So there's um, a fear of vulnerability. If we have to change, we, we are automatically vulnerable. Um, and there's a fear of that, exposing our true self, expressing emotions. A lot of people are not, um, especially older parents are not, um, well-versed in expressing emotions, let alone feeling emotions, and then being with those emotions as they are being expressed. There's the fear of rejection, um, fear that the attempts of at reconciliation will not be met with anything good. Um, and fear of confrontation. I know that parents fear, as do the children, a fear of, you know, making contact again and being met with all sorts of big emotions in a big confrontational way. And so um, for individuals who fear confrontation, they'll do anything to stay away from that. Um, 
and so in change brings a you know brings about that brings that fear up to the surface there's also the fear of disappointment um that we'll be disappointed again you know if we reach out once um to connect and have a, a change in our relationships we'll be met with um disappointment again so we just don't reach out so in an attempt to not go too much further into this um you know fear fear is a big thing when it comes to change right there's the the threat to stability uh, a resistance to being vulnerable protecting our self-image and then of course the big one is avoiding emotional pain again it's kind of like the devil we know is better than the devil we don't know and so we'd rather stay with the pain that we've been having than to initiate change and potentially move it from a painful place into a healed place and so you know again fear it's it's just so unbelievably huge um so can can there be beneficial things that that happen from a from change well of course there there is um you changed when you had children right when you became a parent you changed and that was for the better you appreciated wanted to be a parent etc right um when you move from one job to the next and you get a pay increase is that is that a good thing yes when you retire and you no longer have to work again is that a good thing for most people yes you know there there are positives to change how we interact with change is typically based on our past and what we've been conditioned to believe when it comes to change right so what are some of the positives that happen within the context of a relationship when they're when we can step into the change regardless of the pain that is there in order to help move it forward to heal it and be able to reconnect and move move on there's increased trust there can be mutual understanding collaborative um problem solving versus conflict you know in in well collaborative problem solving would be conflict resolution right and being able to resolve our conflicts in healthy ways and there's emotional intimacy and that's what our children are asking for they're asking to connect to us emotionally and that for gen x a lot of gen x not all and the majority of boomers they didn't experience that from their parents and so a lot of them don't know how to do that not an excuse but an insight right and so if they could step into that change if we as parents can step into the change that comes about by default with estrangement it can lead us to have these things with our children our children will trust us more they will under they will have a mutual understanding they will begin to understand us and where we are coming from is it going to happen immediately absolutely not 
do most of our adult children need life experience and aging and maturity to be able to come to that place? Yes, absolutely. However, it does come in small increments over time. There is a willingness to engage in conflict resolution in healthy and productive ways. And there's that intimacy where they can feel safe with us emotionally. So how do we get there? What do we do, right? This is once we get to recon- you know, initial reconciliation and things like that. If you're moving from a trying to move from estrangement into reconciliation, there are obviously different pieces of the, the puzzle that, that come about in another episode. But in order to affect these changes, and if we step into the fear, right, we can have open communication channels. Um, we can have r- more realistic expectations of one another. Um, we can have established boundaries and we can have patience and all of these things that lead to healthy relationships that we did not have before. So those come, those things come about, you know, by active listening, using the I statements, validating feelings, um, expressing empathy, and um, by checking in on a regular basis, how are we doing? Is there anything we need to talk about and anything we need to discuss? And as I say with my clients, you can practice these things. I I know that some parents are out there going, yeah, but you don't understand Creed. I'm estranged from my kids. So I, there's nothing I can do. They're not talking to me, et cetera. And to that, I say to you, stop it. Stop it. You can do this, you can begin practicing this with the people that are in your life currently. If you have other children that you are not estranged from, begin doing these things with them and watch your relationship develop and grow deeper in all the best ways, right? Do this with your spouse, with your partner, with your friends, with your coworkers, et cetera, et cetera you will begin to see the shift that will happen. This happens with every, every client of mine who does the work that we talk about in our sessions. Every single one of them come back and tell me, my friends say I've changed and it's that I, for the better. My friend took me out to lunch and talked talk to me about how much stronger I am these, these days and that, um, I actually have a smile on my face and that I'm not stuck in this, um, quote unquote victim mode. My husband says it's such a joy to talk to me now. He's noticed the changes in me and all of these people eventually, well, with the exception of one, and we're working on this right now, but all of these other people has led to, has led to the reconciliation with their children. But it didn't start there. It started with them doing the inner work, practicing it, all of their newfound changes on people currently in their life. And then it rolled over and had the ripple out effects with their formerly estranged children. So embracing change is scary. It's really scary. I get that. It tosses everything on, on, 
your head and pulls the rug out from under you, etc. I experienced that very same thing when my estrangement occurred with my daughters. And it turned my world upside down. And yes, for a bit of time, I was completely disoriented. I was acting out. I was acting like a teenager in many ways. And I, but I had to experience that change in order to move through and get to the next change, which was then getting myself support through therapy, working on myself there, and then onto another change, which was then the reconciliation with my girls. And then we've consistently had other changes as our relationship continues to grow and evolve and change as we have reconciled. So the biggest piece for me has always been support. I've not been able to handle a lot of change in my life without support. And I have finally learned that there is a difference between the support of folks who are in my echo chamber and the support of folks who are not in my echo chamber yet can come to me with a level of compassion and understanding and a willingness to validate my experience. And that has enabled me to step into change more willingly and to embrace it versus fighting it. So on that note, I believe I will close today's episode out. If you are looking for support, please feel free to reach out. Email me at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Look in the show notes. There's information there. And I urge you to befriend change. Your life will vastly improve in a hundred different ways. Until next time. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you are able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show, or following us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com.